So, hey, Rob, it sounds like you may be a little bit under the weather, a little a little bit of a gravelly voice today. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I am under the weather, been fighting something for the past couple of days. It seems like it's a, a bit of a roller coaster where you think you're you're doing pretty good, which was yesterday, and then you wake up this morning and your head's a complete fog, and uh, <laughs> and your voice sounds like this. So, <laughs> well, I, I I fought a cough for the last three weeks, so I'm glad that the cough is disappearing. I hope you feel better. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Reimagining Cyber. I'm Stan Wisman. I'm joined by my co-host Rob Arego, and Rob, we're going to do a bit of a retrospective on 2023 and looked at how it has uh, potentially impacts or give us an idea of what's to come in 2024. And I'll start, you know, again, it's another bad year as far as the the, the number of incidents and breaches. I think 30% increase is what I saw. Mm -hmm. How about you? Yep, saw the same thing. And you're right. It's just like one after the other, right? It's it's more targeted, uh, you know, entities out there, more and more ransomware, of course, as well. Now, there are some that had a, a, a multiplicity kind of impact like the the move it or move it yes. data breach i mean that impacted thousands of organizations and you know that was cross sector as well um you you also had the octa breach right mm-hmm. that impacted a lot of different organizations and I, and i think we we certainly are going to continue to see ransomware as a um, a continued um, trend as as people as as a, as a threat actor see value in in extorting funds out of organizations. Agreed. I think you know, not picking on Okta by any means, right? We never pick on anyone that's been breached. I just look at the situation there as um, one that's kind of you know very dependent, meaning that there's a lot of different organizations, public and private that you know rely on a common kind of platform um for certain things that they need right and in this case you know with single sign-on as an example and a lot of those interconnections uh then become serious concerns of vulnerabilities that can be taken advantage of potentially right and you see this kind of you know jump from one entity to the other entity so i think you know there, there needs to be a bit of a look back on seeing how we can actually be better at layering our different types of security controls where we're not so maybe dependent on one platform that then it causes this kind of ripple effect throughout industry. And some, some of these types of situations that we've seen in the past are going to continue to get worse. Well, I think that it's also related to another type of attack that we're seeing that started again with SolarWinds a couple of years back as well mm-hmm. as Log4j is that you know software supply chain and being able to have a handle on what's in your environment so when a zero day or when an attack like this happens, you're able to respond quickly. And and again, you know, not picking on a particular vendor like a, a solar winds, but all you know vendors are possible targets. Um, that trust relationship or the access provided to a solution like a solar winds was mm-hmm. a, a juicy target for the threat actors in this case, China, right? Um, to take advantage of. And, and mentioning China, I mean, one of the things that I think we're going to have to be looking at is is the enhanced or increased activity of of nation state actors yeah definitely definitely we've we're we we speculated before the ukraine's russia war about um cyber war and now mm-hmm. we're seeing it we're we're actively seeing a, a you know, you know provable cyber war occurring and the attacks on critical infrastructure and and 
in, 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 in all the different sectors. And I think as, as potential escalations go up with Iran, mm-hmm. um, who is a, again, uh, increasingly skilled uh, threat actor and on this, on the stage, um, they could be launching additional attacks against us infrastructure as well as um, those in Europe. And yeah. So I think, and you know, we need to have a, a, a enhanced nation state threat intelligence and, you know, actual coordination on the, on the cyber defense side. We already do some of this, but I just think it's going to have to be much more proactive. Well, I think that the reality of the threats are much more prominent, right? The, the, the examples you mentioned um, are, are now reality. So we're at that point now where, where it definitely needs to be much more kind of focused upon and, Listen, Iran is an absolute threat. I mean, we, we had an episode on on the topic of Iran and, and their their cyber capabilities and how quickly they're maturing. Um, I don't know. I think it was probably over a year ago at this point in time. And um, you know, the the examples are occurring again relative to what we've seen with the the Ukraine and, and Russia conflict. So, critical infrastructure. We talk about it, right? It was part of the executive order. If we kind of go way back to, I guess, even last year when it came out from the Biden administration. Um, we just need to continue to see much more emphasis on our critical infrastructure capabilities of controls uh, from a security perspective and the the level of threat intelligence that we're actually gathering, right? And and being able to be more precise on how we can actually, you know, protect our environments from being attacked. Uh, it's it's more critical than ever before. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this would be something we'll see in 2024, but it would be I don't. I don't think it's outside the possibility that at some point we start looking at cyber diplomacy and some kind of international law about hmm. uh, you know what the norms uh, are for state behavior in cyberspace. You know, mm-hmm. you know, can yeah. can we you know you know codify what like a equivalent to an arms control agreement uh, or, or cyber non-aggression pacts. Um, Again, I'm not sure who would take point on that because let's face it, the United States is very active in this as well, um, and they wouldn't necessarily want to have guardrails on what they can and can't do against right. their perceived enemies. But at the same time, um, this free reign without any kind of perception of what um, which potentially trigger kinetic response mm-hmm. is is you know because is that sustainable, you know? Um, so switching, switching from the threat side of things and talking about regulations, um, right. You know, we, we also had at the beginning of the year or March timeframe, I think president Biden's executive order on cybersecurity and that, you know, had a focus on zero trust architecture, software supply chain, putting the onus on, you know, the suppliers of software, a number of different aspects of that. Other regulations also are influencing things, right? You did some pieces on the SEC cyber rule. We did quite a few actual um, episodes when you think about on regulation, mm-hmm. right? We we did, I think, two on SEC basically right at the beginning of the year and then one here recently because uh, at the end of uh, 2023, obviously went into effect in the middle of December. Um, we did Epi- also- I think it was episode 69, right? I think so, yeah. And we also did some things around um, what we're seeing with uh, cyber resiliency relative to the EU Act. Um, so a lot going on in this two directive, right? The evolution of that and become a reality in this year, 2024. Um, re- regulations, again, just another area that we're going to continue to see more and more of. And, and we haven't even touched upon some of the 
um, proposed regulations and frameworks we're seeing around AI and the implications right, there. Right. And we we just had the episode just to tie the knot off on the regulations on the the NIST two directive with Bjorn. Um, yeah. So speaking of AI, yeah, it, it was it was what December January timeframe. Yeah, December. The um, generative AI, the Chat GTP, um, hit the hit the state, hit the public, as it were. Um, and what a year, right? I mean, it, it's it it really. I, I, there's been a comparison out there for those that were talking about Oppenheimer and the movie that was a blockbuster this summer. Uh, how that movie, which represented like the beginning of the nuclear age. We're sort of like that in that stage right now with AI. And, you know, we, we're, you know, we experienced, I think this year, the landmark year associated with realization that we can do so much with AI in the, in many different use cases, right? And in the context of cyber, we can adopt AI to help us be more efficient and, and, you know, automate things and uh, be able to discern a lot more. Um, as far as our threat actors that are, are targeting our organizations, but also the threat actors are you leveraging it? You know, deep fake technology, um, advanced phishing attacks. Um, you know, there, there's there's an arms race that's going to be going on, and it's going to get it's going to get ugly. It is. It's a double edged sword, right? And um, I, I think what's interesting is when you do look back to the the hype, December 2022 with ChatGPT, and then what's happened over the past year in 2023. It. it it's really interesting to think about. We, we, we've been doing AI for so long. Now yeah. that we put it, right, we put this interface in front of it to be able to actually engage and have a conversation with the generative AI. Um, this is well, where we things did, we really did, started. Didn't we do that episode back with Stefan Zhao um, back in April? Yes, that's right. We did. We did. That, I, I actually forgot about that one. We did. And 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 he, he was talking about, again, how long it's really been going on. And, uh, and, and this was, again, more of, a, I guess, a consumerization. And it's it's good though, right? Because now people become much more you know intrigued and want to learn, and and the aspects of that. Back to your point about cybersecurity is you know we're realizing where there are benefits that we can apply uh, generative AI into making um, you know people that much more efficient in dealing with different types of security issues. But you know what's interesting, Stan? I was looking back at um, kind of the themes, if you will, of episodes, right. and it kind of fall into three buckets, and basically it's just what we talked about. It's it's been about a lot of you know the ransomware type of events that have happened out there. Uh, breaches were covered as part of that conversation, but at the end of the day, it was really a lot of kind of that ransomware topic. Uh, we talked a heck of a lot about regulations from many different facets, uh, and we also touched upon shockingly AI, right? And when I was thinking about going into the new year, I mean, you talked about cyber diplomacy, you talked about cyberspace. I mean, those are some big potential items. Um, I feel it's just going to be a lot of the same. You know, the evolution of more and more regulation. Um, definitely more and more learnings on what's happening with AI and how it's going to impact cyber from both ends, as you mentioned. Um, and unfortunately, much, much more ransomware taking place. You know, another issue that's related that we've talked about over a couple of years uh, as a sort of like a risk mitigation strategy is around cyber insurance. Mm, yes. And, and I, I, and I think that is another um, area that's going to get increased attention from from you know the executives as they try to mitigate risk uh, of, of a breach um, for the organization but also it's getting to be more difficult to qualify because the risk insurers underwriters are looking for 
controls to be in place before they take their risk of insuring you. Well, one of the things that's happened, I, I, I've started seeing happen, I should say, with cyber insurance is um, some CISOs kind of leveraging what the underwriters are pushing back on them, back to their conversations with the board as to what they actually need to put in place right. to get the investment, right? So there's the good and the bad. Um, they really, really tightened the screws on a lot of the changes that have happened over the past uh, year. Um, we'll see what happens this year, but it probably will get even tighter. But again, it could be used as a lever to help them in their cyber programs. And, and, I, and I think that's a, a wise thing to do. I mean, just just like you would take advantage of uh, an internal audit finding as a way of driving an initiative internally, um, you, you want to take these requirements and, and drive maturity and improvements in your environment. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there are other things you want to, to highlight for 2024. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is that, um, the threat landscape is going to get worse, right? But the, the promise is, and again, going back to AI, that if we can, you know, automate and integrate in some of these, um, capabilities, we may be able to keep up with the Joneses and keep up with the threat landscape a bit more effectively. Um, it's just a matter of, of how quickly can we move versus the threat actors who are, who are also leveraging that technology. Well, that's exactly it. It's, it's a race. It's a race yeah. because again, we, we, we both have the tech, right? right. And it's, exactly. it's just, it's just, it didn't get there quicker. So I, I do believe the good guys are going to become much more efficient, um, but again, it's just it's it's a tough battle. So we shall see how it goes in 2024. Now, now just switching over to you know 2024 and what we have in store for the podcast, we're going to continue to do a weekly cadence, and we invite you as listeners to suggest topics and guests that you think that we should have on the podcast. Um, we do have some great guests already lined up, and um, hope that you are, are getting benefit from this and, and enjoying it. Um, but we're we would love to have your feedback as to other topics that we haven't hit upon, or if you think we're, we're neglecting something. So please uh, speak up and, and share it in our comments. Excellent. Until next time, Stan. Hey, thanks, Ralph. Hello, producer Ben here. And Rob and Stan refer to quite a few previous episodes of the podcast over the last few minutes. You can find links to all of them in the episode notes. One was called Time to Take Them Seriously. What's Iran doing in cyber? It was episode 11 and featured Bill Hagistad, an internationally recognised expert on nation-state cyber threat actors. The bedrock of their success has been establishing the credibility within the tactical execution, both defensively and offensively. Uh, certainly as the regime starts to realize the uh, projection of power capability, force projection that these uh, hacker cadres have at the educational level. Again, remember the internet is essentially based at Islamic Assad University. They will start to realize that this is one of those uh, non-proxy types of force projection capabilities. They'll be slower to adapt it as a leadership, but once they do, stand by, folks. Seriously. That was Bill Hagistad, who featured on episode 11 of the podcast. Thanks for listening to Reimagining Cyber. Goodbye.